welcome to the Nexus podcast, Aims for the Stars. I'm Aims, and we're here today with Seems Like Tuesday. I'll let the band introduce themselves. Um, Steve Tabilio, I play drums. Erica Tabilio, lead singer. If we're going clockwise, I'm Billy Zioli, uh, guitar and vocals as well. I'm Chip Michael, I'm the bass player. I'm Tim McGregor, I'm the lead guitar player and a tertiary singer. <laughs> <laughs> it's finally great to meet you all. Thank you for coming today. Thanks, Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thanks for having me. OK, so I don't know if it's a lot of on other people's minds as well, but it's certainly on mine. Where did your band name come from? Seems like Tuesday. Right. You answer I'll, this? I'll, I'll take this one. He's the go-to for that one. Um, <laughs> Well, we wanted a name that wasn't going to categorize us into any specific genre of music. We also wanted something that wasn't obviously taken or like you would go to like a YouTube or a Google and it wasn't like a movie or a song. It was just you was going to pop up. And that's very hard to do because obviously the older you get, the more stuff comes out and then you, um, you know, your choices become limited. Um, we practice on Tuesday nights, so we were like, how about uh, next Tuesday? Um, it, you know, it could be Tuesday or whatever. And then we eventually we came up with Seems Like Tuesday, which hit all of our wish lists as far as a, a band name. It wasn't a movie, a song title. Uh, it came right up on Google and search uh, as our band once we did it. Um, and we also, you know, we shortened it. We use uh, SJC. I mean, my fault. SLT. SL, my fault. SLT, which would be our band name shortened, which would look good, you know, in a, in a big sort of uh, Stone Temple Pilots kind of when they shorten their name sort of thing. So that's why we decided to go with that. That's a brilliant explanation. Um, a lot of people are probably, like the SLT, you use it a lot, and it looks great on all of all the band work that you've got up there and all your logos. It looks perfect. And then to look into it as well, yeah, the story behind that's fantastic. Yeah, he, he did his homework, that's for sure. Yeah, um, everybody usually compliments our name and says, like, wow, it, you know, it works for what we're doing also. I don't think it uh, pigeonholes us into any sort of uh, style of music either. So, Amy, I will say, though, there's there's certain situations where somebody will come up to me and this actually happened twice recently. And they're like, I'm sorry, your band is see you next Tuesday. <laughs> and I'm like, no, 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 no. Seems uh, seems like Tuesday. So that, you know, we just that just started happening. I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I can see some of the girls probably asking. Yes, yes. Absolutely. But no, I really hadn't thought about it myself until you said so. Yes, they think yeah. they're just being meticulous. It's perfect. Yes. It? <laughs> <laughs> so I don't like to bracket people and I don't like to put them in genres. And you did just touch on saying you don't like to be in any genre. But how would you describe your music? So I pop rock um a little bit of country um i don't feel i mean and you guys could could jump in where you want but i don't feel we're just one no we're no because we do a, a range of different styles in the songs that we've come up with so far so we've got 
stuff that's going to remind you of the uh, early 2000s. You know, we have stuff that's going to remind you of older stuff that might be like a foreigner or a journey or something. Yeah, yes. definitely see that. Yeah, it's, yeah. The, the, the interesting thing about our stuff is it seems that, that every song we do has its own kind of a personality. It, it, and, and we try and draw from everything we've ever heard to try and create something new, um, that's, which is very difficult to do. But we try. Is that the same as well for you, Billy? Is that how you feel your music comes through to everybody? Um, definitely. I've um, My songwriting style is nine meets 70s. Uh, I love harmonies. And, of course, being in a band with Erica, it's like home, you know, and Pete as well. Um, that's what I draw on. Uh, more melodic, harmony-driven, uh, a lot of chord-driven things. I, I have some riff-driven songs that that are coming up, but we will uh, we will see where that goes in the future. We all love riffs and harmonies, and you can hear that definitely yeah. through all of your music. It really like yeah. it makes it bold, especially around the words that you're saying. Mm. For sure, I think our biggest thing that we tried to do is when we started this whole thing is like we want to really write good songs it wasn't like a, a gimmicky image or you know we were trying to go out there and be the heaviest band possible or we were only going to write love ballads or it wasn't any of them thing what we tried to focus on was like we're going to try to write really good songs that have a beginning a middle and an end uh, that have harmonies, modulations, you know, just key changes. We, we got real, everybody sings for this band, um, and we actually have three lead singers. Uh, Erica does most of the singing, Billy's our secondary singer, and then Pete also sings lead. And um, But me and Chip and I can hold the tune if needed, too. So we tried to come at it like uh, it's a different kind of, um, almost like how the Eagles would do it how like don henley would sing and then glenn fry would sing and then joe walsh would sing and then the you know so it's not just the same thing over and over again so we're trying to come at you from different angles but no matter who's singing the song that's what we try to um i guess be our, our wheelhouse maybe or or what our destination was going to be was is the song really good and is it strong and then whoever sang what part or it, that that was irrelevant because we felt like everybody had talent in this band. It was more, can we sell the song? That that that's what we tried to approach more than being, you know, we're going to be really heavy and that's not heavy enough. Or that's we weren't focused on that. We're focused on the musicianship rather than, you know, trying to make a certain sound. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, we're, we're, we're a tight unit and, you know, and we take it from there. Yeah, usually, usually when we write a song, it, it starts off as either an idea or the basics of, of, you know, a verse and chorus or something like that that comes from somebody. And they walk in to rehearsal with this, with this idea and then the other four of us, one by one, jump on it tear it apart, shred it down, turn it into something completely different. By the time we're done with it, everybody's so excited about the song, and then the person who started it walks off going, you know, that's not what I even wrote. 
<laughs> Boy, is that better. <laughs> yeah, more, yeah more, Pete more said that fun. before. He's yeah. like, it's nothing like the song I wrote, but I like it better. So that's good. Right, like uh, Beautiful Day for Broken Heart is a perfect example. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah where I, where the, I brought the song. It was, you know, it was kind of complete, but it's like, I'm not happy with my my lyrics. I'm really not happy with it. And I thought Erica would just like change it around, make it, make them fit, rips them out. So the yeah. verses are like all her material, but it, it, it took the song in a, in a slightly different direction. And, and then everybody's input was just turns it into a finishing product. Really good. Plus we have, we have two guys, we have two guys in uh, Steve and Chip who are fantastic at what they do uh, instrumentally, but they speak from, they, they have a producer's mind. So it's like you have two producers in the band. So they're they're thinking on another level if I come in with an idea. So it's it's pretty it's pretty cool. Well, That's it. It's like you were saying, Steve, and yourself, Billy. It was for me. I was going to say, you know, very talented. All of you have good ideas and you put them together. But it's nice when you've got it to work together. You're going for the same aim of what your song is. But it's it's great when you can see how different minds come together and you've all got different versions of music and it's coming together. And like you said, each song is different and they are and they like it's not all shouting, it's not all loud and in your faces. You're, you're learning the song. It's you're, You can sing along yourself. And a lot of us like that. We all like to hear a song that we can walk around work and sing. We could go down the shops and we're singing it. We might have had a really strange day, but we just <laughs> need to go out and sing a song. And those things we need, we need catchiness. But then where you've got your riffs and then all the music comes together, it's it's a good collective to be listening to anywhere. Um, but no, amazing talent between a lot of you all there. Thank you. Well, thank you. I think we're, we're all in it for each other, too. I mean, first yes. and foremost, everybody's friends here. Uh, I mean, she's my wife, so I got to get along with her. <laughs> but, I mean, everybody else, like, we're friends for a long time. We all have known each other from different bands and respected other their work. Like, I know Pete for a long time. I knew his band. I knew Billy. I knew his old band. Chip and I were in the same band before. So I think that um, we respect each other. So even if you agree to disagree, you kind of respect the other guy's vision and you still want it to come out cool for him, even though, or her, even though it's not what you think should happen. If that makes sense, if that, if I explain that correctly. Yeah. The, the biggest thing is the outcome of the tune and that everybody has their stamp on it and it's good enough to make, to let the masses hear. That's what the bottom line is. Everybody's ego and who wrote what, none of that really matters at the end. Is, is this good? Could I play this for my father and he'll think it's good? That's what we kind of, you know. <laughs> True story. True story. <laughs> my, my mother, never been a fan of my, my, my metal um, experiences, my metal band that I was in, in, in back in the day. And so she, you know, was just, kind of never really been really supportive but like one of the one of the songs i said to her i said hey listen this is a new band you actually might like this and then you know by the time i sent her the third song she's like i subscribe to you on youtube mm. <laughs> <laughs> like, if my mom can listen to the songs i yeah. think we're, we're 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 in good shape yeah yeah for sure it's brilliant but like so you say parents, like, we go with it is that good that's it <laughs> <laughs> 
we we do have a few people who say about their parents, and they'll be like, "No, they totally used to shut the doors." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's nice, especially when your parents are agreeing. But no, it's it's great, like you say, to have that graciousness for each other, but at the same time, hit the same direction between you. So you touched there a little bit about your mom. Do any of you have um, any family that used to be into music or have took your mind that way in the beginning of your music? I'll answer quickly. <laughs> um, my cousin played drums. That's the closest I have to any sort of uh, musical family, as far as I know. You, you have a <laughs> I have a, a more in-depth yeah. story. Um, well, my, dad's, my dad is a bass player, so that... And his ear, that's where I get my ear from. Like, I could pick out a harmony like that. I mean, he's just, he's brilliant with it. Uh, but my grandmother, um, guys are going to get sick of hearing this story, but she used to bring me around with her. And I was super young. Like, I, technically, I probably was not allowed in these lounge areas um, that she was playing in. So... She used to take me with her and I used to just sit there and watch her and she'd sing with the piano. She'd have a cigarette in her hand and everybody would come up to her and give her money and kisses. And it was just, it was great. It was great. And I'm like, I'm, I'm going to be her one day. You know, like, I love this. And she supported me up until the time she died. I mean, she, that's where I got that experience from. Um, being on stage, a lot of it was her. Learning what to do, but more, impor more importantly, learning what not to do. Oh, yes, that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She was good, too, from what I heard. Yeah, she was. I, I was at the uh, the Jersey Shore all weekend. Can, if you can tell how dark I am, or red, yes. whatever. Anyway, um, my grandparents had a hotel uh, from 65 on, from 1965 on, and a lot of musicians came in and out of there. And I actually drove by the place today, the very first place that I performed with a live band. I was five years old. Cool. The band, William Penn, and the, and the, the bar was uh, Phil and Eddie's Surf Club. Um, nobody in my family was musical, but we always had music on. And I knew I could sing from that time on. And by the time it was, I was fortunate enough to, uh, to go to a school that you, you, you didn't have to pick an instrument, but you could. So I picked the trumpet first, which was fantastic. Because now you hear every level of music when you're in a band situation, in a stage band situation. I'm a second chair trumpet. This is the note I have to play. You're in a chorus. This is the this is the note I have to sing. So you learn how to break down music. Well, by the time sophomore year in high school came around, uh, guitar was a lot cooler than playing trumpet. So, so I picked up guitar. <laughs> it's easier to get girl at playing the guitar. <laughs> so, that, if people say that's not their motivation, but it really is for guys. Uh, <laughs> not for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Well, for me, but uh, my entire family was were singers, um, and my brothers, my youngest, my younger brother played drums, and um, a couple of my friends played guitars. I needed to do something, and so I said, "Well, I'll try bass." I I already played acoustic guitar. I played guitar at home 
played my dad's guitar. Um, my grandmother could play anything on a piano. She had to hear it once, and she could play it. She couldn't read music, but she could play anything. It was amazing how she did that. So I had a very, very musical family. And uh, when my brother and a couple of friends started playing in a band, uh, naturally they needed a bass player, so I got one and learned how to play. That's classic. It's the only thing left, you know? Yeah, but, yeah. You know but, but, you're, you, but that suits you. You're like, you are the consummate team player. You know, so it's like, you, you know, it's like the kid that, that takes on being the goaltender. Like, nobody wants to take a puck to the yeah, face, nobody. you know? <laughs> nobody wants to play catcher in baseball. Somebody's got to do it, right? <laughs> Chip's your guy. I'll, I'll, I'll take a puck to the face for you, man, any day. There you go. <laughs> Pete, you're next. Um, not necessarily musical in my family, but my mother, she worked for um, some local Jersey offices for um, like RCA Records for a while. She worked for Warner Brothers for a while. So the amount of um, the complimentary records that she had in the home just encompassed so much stuff. I mean, from like Maravishnu, John McLaughlin to you know, um, yes. And, you know, um, Nielsen, um, and like, I don't listen to that stuff now, but it was like eye opening, uh, you know, whether it was, um, you know, or Genesis or even, even like Pink Floyd, all kinds of records, just like everything was available and we could just play it at our, our, you know, whenever we felt like it. So it was just sort of like music was just, I, I just loved it. And then when I started seeing people play guitar, it was like, that's what I want to do. That's great with that. You've all got really talented people around you, but at the same time, it's not always about the people that can sing around you. You can hear it as well. When people have got music on, and especially family members, they all make a part in... I've seen it in so many interviews now that a lot of family have that inspiration under the light of people just totally behind their music. So it's great to see it again in another band. But at the same time, like you say, just hearing people have it on the radio as well is fantastic and having different genres around you to open your eyes to because you can all see that in your music now. Everybody's got a different blend from a different person and it's great that you can know that. For sure. Um, who, who has been your inspiration going through music um, or musicians that you've enjoyed watching or hearing as you've grown up? You go first. <laughs> <laughs> of course, because mine's is well, totally we're, we're different than everybody's. Yeah, Mine right. is more like the Whitney Houston, Mariah Carey. That's who I grew up with. And, you know, I couldn't ask for anything better than that in my generation. Like, that's that that was it. Um, you know, every single song. I mean, I still attempt to belt out. I have nothing. I can't get up there anymore. But, um it just, you remember that from when I was a little girl, you know, I'd be in the bathroom with my brush in the mirror. Like I wanted to be Mariah Carey and Whitney Houston, <laughs> but then, you know, Connie Francis. So, you know, older singer at the time, um, I loved her where the boys are vacation. Like all of those tunes were part of, part of my growing up. Um, my brother had a, like, like Pete just said, had a pretty wide variety of music 
uh, that he handed down to me. He was six and a half years older than me, so I got all of his clothes, his record collection, his old baseball glove. You know, everything got handed down to me. Um, but he he turned me on to like you know, totally different stuff. Like you know, Donna Summer to the Doors, uh, Foreigner Four. I remember I used to listen to his A track, uh, Foreigner Four, uh, ACDC, all that stuff. Um, so he was a major influence just because he had such a eclectic sort of musical taste that kind of, you know, uh, got filtered down to me. Um, and then, um, I got into high school. And, uh, here's, here's my dog, Richie. Hey, Richie. He's all the way down the hall and you can still hear him. You have a mascot. He's famous. He's famous around here. He's 25 pounds, but he sounds like he's 200. Yeah. You can you shut the door in real quick, yeah. please? <laughs> I am so sorry. This happens all day. I work from home, so this is this is all day, every day. Well, Ames did say that we could tell we you could say his full name. Oh yes, his, 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 his name is Dick Ritchie. Dick Ritchie. So basically, it's like Richard Ritchie, but we shorten it, so it's Dick Ritchie. So really, yeah. it's Dick Dick. It too. or it could be Dick Dick. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um. So Which is great like, when he's running down the, the, the neighborhood. You're like, Dick, come here. You know, so it's, it goes over big. Um, so, and this was all planned out, by the way, when we named him. This was all grandfathered in with the whole thought process of naming the dog. Um, it's terrible. Uh, but he's really cool uh, and loud. Um, but as far as I was getting on with the thing with my brother passing records down, and then when I got into high school, I met this guy, uh, Craig. You wind up being my best friend in high school and my other friend, Chris, and they turned me on to all the heavy stuff. That's where I picked up Ozzy, Maiden, Judas Priest, and I went on to the, you know, the heavy metal stuff for a while, and then I got out of that, and I went into funk. So uh, anything I hear, if it's good, and I think the band's executing their craft, I can respect it. Um, as far as drummers, John Bonham, Led Zeppelin, Tommy Aldridge, he played with everyone from White Snake to Ozzy to everyone. Uh, Vinnie Apice, the Dio, he was a major influence. Uh, Rod Morgenstein, he plays with Winger. Uh, he was in the Dixie Drags. I stole a lot of stuff from him. So all them guys kind of made my style, I guess, what it is. All right, Bill, you're up. Yeah, uh, childhood influences, uh, the Beatles, Three Dog Night. My parents were children of the 60s, so Grand Funk Railroad was all, Neil Diamond was always, always on in that. Um, what about uh, Neil Sedaka? No, no Neil Sedaka. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that did not happen. Um, I the first album I ever bought with my own money, I saw these dudes on an album cover. It was Kiss Alive One, and it changed my life. <laughs> uh, the riffs, the rock and roll, the the it was just. Sexual tension about it. I mean, and I was only what six, whatever. You could just feel it at the time, and uh, and it, from there it just goes to Van Halen, uh, and then you know through the eighties, Ozzy, uh, Dio. Was, I still I still want to sing like Dio, but who doesn't? You know, everybody does. But uh, in, into the nineties, um, Dave Matthews is. I love his writing style. I I still tend to lean that way sometimes it makes steve a little insane 
<laughs> when, we're, when we're writing. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it's very widespread, and you, you, can't, you can't limit yourself. You just you got to open up. I like some of the rap guys, not a lot of them, but some of the country guys, Keith Urban. Where did, where did Chip go? We he, don't, Chip. He, he might have had, he might have had something happen. He, yeah, give him a minute. We're going clockwise. We're going clockwise. I mean, I got next. So you're done, Billy? Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for me, I guess I, um, I started with the early music. Like I mentioned, I was just listening to a lot of different stuff. The Beatles were huge for me when I was younger. Uh, and still, I love I love so much of their music still. Um, but the, like from there, I was like, "Where to go?" With uh, Peter Frampton, so there was a guitar player that was just like, "Guy is so good." Chip has no sign; he's logging off and on yeah. again. There he is. Um, right. So um, yeah, I got into Peter Frampton, and then then it was Kiss. I think my first record was Rock and Roll Over. I kiss for some I spent money on a record um, and then then along came Eddie Van Halen and that lights out changed everything um, uh, and so I mean I, I got into a lot of guitar players from the Jews, so then I got into the heavier stuff like Judas Priest, Iron Maiden um, ACDC, Motorhead Scorpions you know, so Scorpions had a great guitar player too, Matthias Jabs or Yobs. I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. Um, and and then like like Joe Satriani. Like so nowadays, I'm like, and Joe Satriani is one of my favorites. Andy Timmons, another great guitar player. Um, and then there's a new one. What's her name? Orthani. Is that her name? I, yeah. She's an awesome guitar player. Yeah. Um, and then I like some of the other things too, like Middle of the Road or like Robert Cray, another great guitar player. He's got all this these great songs that he's just like song after song of whatever, you know, it's good stuff. So and it can go on from there. We're still waiting for Chip. It's okay. Yeah. I'll let him join back when he's in. But no, yeah. it's absolutely great to see so many people can actually just pick up on everything around them, especially when there's that many genres to choose from. You've all chose some that have been close to your hearts, but then had a surprise every now and then. But like Eric was saying yourself, it's like Whitney, for us ladies, like I'm an 80s kid going into 90s, that for me, that was our pinnacle to look up to at that time. Getting gentlemen, it's picking up those really heavy metal, but then also some soft stuff and having a little bit where you can have a sing or some emotion. I, I, I have an anecdotal anecdotal story regarding that what kind of that same thing. We're talking about Whitney and the and the, and the singers. So in, in the late eighties, I'm into the metal stuff. I'm into the, the hard rock and the metal. But then then I heard you know I, I heard Whitney Houston. It was like you can't deny such a great voice. But my crossover artist was Taylor Dane. I started hearing her singing and then she had rock guitar going on. And it was all this dancing music, but that didn't seem to bother me then. It was just like her voice was just terrific. And then just there was guitars going on there. And yeah. <clears throat> one time I'm driving down the highway, I'm in this, on my souped up old Camaro and I've got the long hair um, and, and I'm driving down the road and I'm bopping, I'm bopping the Taylor freaking Dane. 
<laughs> but these guys come riding up beside me and they're like making fun of me like I'm a headbanger. And I like, I, there's nothing I can do to tell them like they're so wrong. They just don't get it. Tell it to my heart. I have images in my head right now right. of you and your car jamming to that. <laughs> You know, I was doing that too. Janet Jackson came out like with nasty and all that stuff where it had that right, black hat. Yeah. That was like a thing to do. Like remember Michael Jackson came out with dirty Diana. They always had like the rock guitar player guy, but they were singing. That, that was, that was like the, the um, recipe for a little bit to, to like kind of cross over. You know? Yeah. You know, Eddie Van Halen's guitar lead on um, beat it. Yeah. That's one of the best things in rock. Sure. Sure. It's still great, you know, and you know every note of it, you know, when it comes on, you can go, <laughs> that's a sign of a great solo, right? When you can sing yeah, every note of the solo. Speaking of that, who does a, a terrific instrumental version of that is um, John Five. Okay, yeah, I know. He's a sick guitar player. Throughout the whole song, he's he's just doing his thing with the where the vocals would be, but when it comes to Eddie's lead, he didn't mess around with it at all. He did it to a T. Absolutely perfect. Like he really paid respect to Eddie Van Halen sure. and did. I've never heard anybody. I never even heard Dan Danzy do that solo like Eddie Van Halen. Right. I mean, just to me, it was like, it's like, wow. He, Cause he does all he wants with the rest of the song. Cause he's, he's a terrific guitar player, but he just, he laid down Eddie's lead perfectly to the record. Well, it's perfection. Like, Why mess with oh that? Oh my gosh. It's just like that, that is, that is paying some respect. Sure. Anyway, good. Chip, you were up. Chip, you got shut off, and then you came back on. Yep, yep. Yeah, somehow I lost. I lost the sound. Um, I think I lost Wi-Fi for a half a second, and picture came back up. No sound. So, but I'm here now. All right, we were talking about uh, your influences, like musically, like who you listen to, and how you got to be Chip musically. Uh. Well, let's see. I got to be Chip because um, here's a real philosophical answer. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, um, well, well, yeah. no. It started with Getty Lee, then it moved um, into John Entwistle, and um, I like the guys who were adding to the song instead of just sitting there holding root notes. Um, it's like yeah. almost. There, there are some bands nowadays that, that will play without a bass player because they use an effect that, that gives them an extra lower note. And it sounds like a lot of the bass players that I heard growing up, but, but these other guys just blew me away because they're trying to keep a rhythm, trying to hold the whole thing together because the bass player is the link between the drummer and the guitar player. Neither one of them speak the same language, so you have to kind of translate. And some guys do that as minimally as they possibly can. I like the guys who create their own part at the same time. And that's kind of where I learned to be me. Um, yeah, I, I, I liked all the guys that did a lot of stuff. Uh, John Deacon, uh, you know, just, just guys that created a, a completely different piece inside of the song. And it makes no sense on its own, but when you put it with everything else, it makes the song better. Well, if, if, for what it's worth to you, I hear that when you're playing with us. So take Definitely. that as a compliment. Thank you. Yes. No, your bass parts aren't just root root note driven. It's it's its own identity. What did I always say to you? I always say to the chip, right? I'm like, yo, the bass line's great. Sounds like a song on its, all, you know, all to itself. 
It's like the worst thing about that is, though, if you mess up one note, one that, note. you're going to stick out like a sore thumb. And I'll do that, too. You know that. Yeah, yeah. One little, uh, and you're, it's like, you know. <laughs> well, luckily, you don't make many mistakes, so we're good. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. And, and, and you have no problems there because uh, you don't have to keep um, a melody going. You just keep a rhythm. Yes, I'm picking on you. It works. You're a drummer. I hit things and it's music. <laughs> it's all the way you hit, though. That's true. That's, That's true. true. And, and you have you have this amazing way of hitting. It's very easy to work with you. Thank you. Coming from you, that is amazing. Yes, we pick on each other. We're, we're, we're the rhythm section. We better. We're like we're, we're kind of like the two brothers that 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 bother each other all day long, but actually get along great. Yeah, I was I was waiting for the typical who's carrying whose equipment, so I, it, it didn't go there. So I think you've done well. <laughs> no, really, I think the rule in our band is just grab something. Yeah, you know, really, like you know, we're all going to the same spot. Grab something yeah. three cards away from you. You know what I mean? Just drop it near my trunk. You know. <laughs> So we get um, a lot of people spend different times of day or in different patterns or different ways in which they write their music or get their music together in their mind, how they like it. Most people like a bit of silence or some time to their own, themselves on their own, but others like to be out and about walking and taking in things with the earphones on. How does it go for you guys? What are your creative processes? I could be to Eric or Steve there up the top. Oh yeah, I um, I don't write too much anymore. I mean, there's certain I have ideas. If Billy and I are working on something, or Pete and I are working on something, and something has to be added or modified, we'll work on it together. But the majority of the time, if I am writing something by myself, I don't. I feel like I have to be mad, and it doesn't matter what time of day it is. <laughs> It's just as soon as I feel it, I need to grab a pen and paper. Like well, I, actually, well, I actually did that recently, so that's a good thing. Stuff's just yeah. going to come out, right? Yes. Yeah, we, yes. we've met your kids, and you're married to Steve, so you should be that all the time. <laughs> we should have hit after hit after hit. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Between the both of us, we have five kids. Chip, so that's Chip. a load of problems, and a dog. You heard Dick Ritchie; he adds to the madness with the bark. We could use that. We could use that to get them all fired yeah. up. Yeah, you know, get their kids all on location. Get the double all going. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's that's just my when I do right, I, I just I have to be motivated somehow. You know, I, I, think, I don't come out with the creative stuff right away. I think uh, is different, isn't it? So yeah. um, my uh, the, the way I, I I work best when I'm in a room with everyone. So when we're all sitting there, I'll just start spinning, man. I, you know, and that that's the best way I think I come up with. Now it used to be different. You know, I used to just grab a pen and paper and literally write lyrics on the toilet to pass the time and stuff, or wake up in the middle of the night and write down my dream or whatever. If I wrote um, in the toilet, my dad would kick my. Yeah. <laughs> well, I had to live by myself with that because, you know, my no, dad. I, I, I was being facetious. Yeah, I, I, I know your sense of humor. Um, but now when it comes to this band, I think I write better when we're all in the same room. Yeah, because I, I, I kind of know everybody's personality. I know who to push. I know who to pull. I kind of, you know, 
can figure that out best when we're all in the same room together. There's Richie. I have, uh, I have my own business and I work by myself all day. So I have a guitar ball and concept uh, like looking for a heartbreak, for example. Um, I'm like, well, who would be looking for a heartbreak? Like, that doesn't even make sense. That lyric doesn't make sense, but it makes sense. Like, uh, I had to start writing from a female pr perspective, you know. <laughs> it's the first time I've ever been in a band with, uh, with the girl. So I'm like, man, she, she wants out. She, she's looking for a heartbreak. Hers, his, it, it don't matter. She needs to get out. So I, I had the concept. Uh, we were playing at a festival in South Philly. I said to Steve, I said, dude, I got this idea for a song. It's, it's looking, he's looking for a heartbreak. He's like, oh, all right. I get, go. Um, the next day at my shop, it was done, written in 25 minutes. The whole song. Well, until I brought it to the band, then we changed a few things. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, until we ripped it to shreds and started over again. Yeah, yeah, you know. then, then, uh, that one didn't rip the shreds. A couple of them did. Oh, hello. I'm oh, sorry. My I'm sorry, my my puppy's here. Grand <laughs> puppy's here. I'm sorry. Hello, girlfriend. I will say though that Billy will send, since he said, you know, he he has his own business, so he's alone at his shop. There are times where, you know, he'll send something at, at like noon or something at two o'clock. It'll be like a lyric sheet. I'm like, all right, he's he's at it. He's at a lyric, it. A, a riff. Uh, a riff on this old acoustic guitar I have at my shop. Uh, there'll be a, there's a million riffs on my on my phone that I'll, I'll send to somebody. Chip will send me riffs, and um, and we go. I think sorry. it's the other sorry. too. Sorry, I'll be just came in. I'm sorry. You're good. Uh, I, I think it's another thing too in this band. Everybody has pretty much carte blanche to do whatever they want. There's nobody will be like, yo, we can't do that, you know, or, or oh, we, we have a song that sounds like that. Everybody brings in whatever, and it just filters its way in or out. But it's nobody's like, um, I don't know, the, the only writer or the only one that comes idea or the only lyric person. I think out of every band I've ever been in, this is the most um, team-oriented writing machine that I've been involved with, for sure. Yeah, I mean, we worry about every little, you know, every little symbol crash, every little oh, yeah. every true story. Hit. Yeah. Every double hit. Yeah, yeah. Double yeah. Hit so, dude, I hit two there. Where are you? You know, every little thing matters. We almost approach it like, uh, like we overanalyze it to the point to where <laughs> we drive each other crazy, which is at least we shoot perfection. I don't know if we're hitting it, but we're trying, you know. Are you trying to get your time in writing things and you want to make sure that everybody understands where they should be. So we always hear, you know, people go away individually. They want to practice. You've got to know your part. You've got to know where you're working. And sometimes you just want to rift it out and work it yourself or you want to sing out and sort it yourself just to get what you were trying to do, maybe that you felt you couldn't. So I do understand that. There he is. Dick Ritchie. <laughs> he's all gentlemen. blurred out. He's blurred out. Why is he blurred out? There I he is. Maps gone. <laughs> all right. Goodbye. Um, I totally understand why he's loud now because yeah, yeah. he's yeah. a beagle. Yeah. Yes. He'll be uh, famous. But, 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, he, well, he already made the calendar, right? What else did he make? He made a book. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be in our next video. So this he's going to yeah. be famous. <laughs> <laughs> my, my Stay on task, guys. Stay on task. <laughs> what are we doing here? I was no, going to say, my cousin has the same thing with their beagle as well. And he goes all the way around in Wales, in Britain here. Um, he just takes photographs and it's like, he's been here today, he's been there. Yeah, they Aww. have a storyboard for him. So yeah. when yeah, we yeah, get yeah. the beagle stories, it's perfect. I love it. <laughs> so I will go back on track. I am sorry then. Um, <laughs> we're seeing, we're meeting mascots and doggies. We can't help this. <laughs> We have so, a tendency to do this, get off to, and just start having conversations. Uh, we were, we were talking healthy. about the old KTEL Crazy Records uh, a couple <laughs> of podcasts ago, and we talked about that for an hour. <laughs> well, I've got two dogs, so I sit here constantly just like yourself. Like, right. Are they coming in? Shush. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's worrying. The kids are in bed, so that's a good one. That's a thumbs up. But no, we were going to express how we had creative processes and we've missed out Chip there and Pete. Uh, the way I do it, I mean, I used to write a lot, um, but all of my songs are 20 or 30 years old. Um, uh, I, 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 I basically quit being a musician for about 12 years to raise some kids. Um, I just, when... My wife got pregnant for the first time. It's like, okay, well, I got to raise a kid. I can, and I just put it aside. Um, and I've never really gotten back to writing songs. Um, I write bits, pieces, riffs. Um, I, I usually create slowly over time as we're putting these songs together the basic idea of what I want to do as a bass player. But usually, in, in each, all three of these instances of the three new songs that we've released out um, on YouTube. Uh, I go back at the very end after everybody's put their stuff in and they're starting to wind up the process and I re-record my bass line to kind of play off of everybody's stuff. And it seems to, to really, really work. Uh, the most recent song we put out, I purposefully was doing something that was very regimented and very, I'm following along with the song and not doing all this other stuff. Um, but when I went back to it, um, I discovered that, yeah, it's, it's missing something. The song was missing. And I added some tweaks and some twists and following mostly uh, the vocal lines. And it just changed how the song came out. It was, I was very pleased um, that it, it worked that way. So I, I write from the beginning to the end of the recording process. That's the best way I can describe it. And I'm never done. If we didn't get these songs recorded, the songs would still be changing. You skipped over Pete. No, no, he's no, no you didn't. That's fine. Uh, yeah, we don't, it's, it, you know, it's all good. He's back. Um, I, I, um, sometimes a song will just sort of flow out in like a 10-minute <clears throat> space. And like if something just hits me right, um, and then tweak it later. Um, uh, other times, it's um, it's more of a thoughtful process. You know, I might come up with um, chords or a riff first, um, but sometimes it comes together. If I start writing something, um, you know, one thing was different. Like so the third song we put out on video, um, "Lies and Alibis." 
I wrote a couple, I wrote the riffs for the song, the kind of the basic of the song. Didn't have any lyrics or anything like that. Steve liked the riff. He goes, we're going to call it Lies and Alibis. Didn't have anything else to go with it. Just here's the title. Okay. And I was like, didn't think about it until like a week later. All of a sudden it formulated in my head. Okay, well, this is what the song's going to be about. There, here's the theme. The two, two, the male and the female are going to be fighting. There's going to be arguments, blah, blah, blah. This is another breakup song because it seems like Tuesday. It seems like we're always breaking up. But <laughs> <laughs> um, it, um, So then I, I, I brought that, you know, when I got that together, it's like, oh, well, okay, brought it to the band. Uh, a, a few lyric twe- uh, tweaks, and then uh, the rest of the band started tweaking the lyrics more. And we got involved into how we're going to make this argument. Then we got into the studio and Tony Mecca, our producer, he added not a musical part, but he added a vocal part to kind of replace a part we weren't sure about that we were trying to fit in. And that finished it off right there. And um, like everywhere along the line, it's just sort of like, you know, that that's sort of the thing where the whole band comes together for a song like that. And then, there's a lot of times where I have songs I've written over the years that just, like I mentioned, one they can be written in a matter of minutes or it might take a few hours or it might be a labor, you know, and then some things just never come to fruition. You know, and, yeah. That's it. And we always appreciate that when people have an idea of how to express to us their creative processes. Some of them are very personal. Some of them, they see that it's it's quite normal for them to go to that process. But we do get people who are new and they're trying to become up and coming and they're trying to get their mind around how to set music down, how to set words down. So every time we get suggestions, it's it's great to hear how you go about it and how everything comes together. But it also turns out as, as advice for people and we also like you say sometimes people have a a break in their music and trying to come back there's a bit of a writer's block there so every little helps everything that is suggested is always a way like you say you come through anger you know I'm the same if I write music myself it's always come from an angry place but children dogs families shopping it's going to come out somewhere it's a perfect release and as you were saying, what, sometimes what you've learned comes out as a release. Um, as Chip was saying, through his rifts, it's, it's stuff that we find together. It works perfect. But when you're trying to learn, like myself, or even think about going into a band, these suggestions are fantastic because it's great to get on paper what you're trying to say. But sometimes trying to find a place or, like you said, Steve, you're, you like being with everybody. That could be the worst nightmare for somebody else because they yeah. just want to be in yep. their own place. So sure. it's great to hear different patterns. Okay, so we're going to go on now and we're going to listen to one of your songs. Um, as you've suggested, one already, which everybody really needs to go and listen to. <laughs> Everything needs to be listened to. You can't deny that there's something to dance to or sing along to. It's perfect. So we're going to let you introduce our first one, Erica. And then we'll come back and we will talk about it. Okay. We're doing Looking for a Heartbreak, right? For the first one? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. Our first single released uh, January 2023, Looking for a Heartbreak. Let's go.
Okay, that was looking for a heartbreak. Let's hear from the band how they felt their song came about. So Billy actually wrote that, um, believe it or not. Everybody's like, Erica, that's such a great song. You know, did you go through something? Like, oh my God, I'm like, that was um, my male bandmate um, that wrote that. <laughs> um, great tune, powerful. Um, had a great time recording it. It was a process. Uh, we actually, for the video, and Amy, I'm not sure if you were able to um, kind of glance at our YouTube channel yet, but we, we are releasing singles and videos together. But looking for a heartbreak, we did a lot of studio footage. Um, so it was kind of personal and, you know, you get to see the process in real time. It was pretty cool. Yeah, and you ain't faking through it. That's no. the actual take. Yeah, you like you'll actually see the little vein pop out <laughs> on the left side of my <laughs> a couple times because I'm like, you know, and that's, yeah, that's not fake. Yeah. The, the interesting thing about that song was uh, it's the one song that somebody walked in and he, Billy's go, okay, I got this, this song. Um, and says, okay, well, let's hear it. He played the riff. And we all immediately, it's like, okay, this is a good one. Let's do this. Uh, <laughs> even before he really started going into anything, the, the riff is so, it, it, it's, it's almost iconic. It's a great riff. It's just fantastic. And then we grew that thing from that point. It was so easy to, to write. Yeah. Yeah, it's that, uh, that riff. It's like E minor, then it goes to the suspended, and it's... And then the C major goes... Uh, you have the A and the A minor. It's, 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 <laughs> so in case you were wondering what the chord structure is, <laughs> you should do a tutorial. Let's say the... What is this? What is this? YouTube on Seems Like Tuesday. <laughs> I will say, I will say, we always talk about, you know, like we have a new song called Realize that I haven't even learned yet. And we've played it a bunch of times. I'm like, yeah, I'll get to it, you know. Um, but it was almost that way with looking, you know. I, I forget what happened, but. I kind of knew it, and then I was like, eh, I, I probably just need to go over it again, and no, maybe I do know it, you know, so we were at rehearsal one night, and, you know, I was upstairs tending to the kids, and he's like, are you coming down? I'm like, I'm coming, I'm coming. So, at that moment. You got pissed. I, like, at towards the end of the song, I was like, oh my God. I was like, I love this yeah this is and then great. We, did the, we did the hamster wheel thing at the end where you're, you're all it's like one line yeah you know yeah curls coming down yeah oh my line. god it was yeah. just like the best moment ever so that so the uh, what we're trying to say here is we need to piss her off all the time and then she really reaches her full potential <laughs> that's I yeah but i don't that. i don't sound angry though when i'm singing <laughs> no you sound emotional when you sing seriously you sound like you're telling a story when you sing. yeah you do you're just lighting the fire. That's what's happening. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> I like that, Amy. I'm going to keep that. Light the fire. We'll use that. Yeah. You're not lighting the fire. We'll talk to you in the studio. Light the fire. <laughs> and if you haven't got matches, you're in trouble. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> so I guess this is going to be a question that a lot of people are going to want to find out. But how did you all manage to get together? How did you all begin? 
Well, Steve started it. We blame Steve. Uh, <laughs> actually, actually, Steve and Erica were, were talking, and they, they were talking about they wanted to be more creative. They've been in a, uh, a cover band together for a long, long time. As a matter of fact, I think that's how they met uh, yeah. with that band. But, you know, the, the cover band's a very, very successful act. They make a lot of money. They do a lot of shows, uh, but they don't get to do their own thing. You know, and so he started talking about it, and uh, he put a call in to me, and he says, would you be interested in doing something um, a little, you know, something creative again, because I'm, I'm working in a, in a tribute band and I was doing a cover band and all this stuff, but I wasn't writing anything either. So I said, sure, if we can find the right people. Um, and, and, and we took it from there and, um, we had this one guy, we had a good idea that this guy had, had a lot of talent, which he did. Uh, but he didn't have a lot of, um, sanity <laughs> so that didn't work out very very quickly it didn't work out um so uh, and, and steve's just looking grasping for things just, and, and he asked me he says hey what about pete mcgregor would do you think he'd be interested i says as a matter of fact he just called me about another project let me ask him if he wants to do this and i called pete and he was yeah i got a lot of stuff let's get together and uh we did that um and we were trying to figure out how to wrap it up because we knew we wanted two guitar players to play off of each other, two different writing styles to come from different different ways. And uh, just so happened, I was over, uh, I went to a party at a, a mutual friend of mine and Billy's and we started talking during the uh, the party and he's he was doing acoustic solo cover gigs too. And he was going, yeah, I, I, I'm feeling like I need to put an electric guitar in my hands again. And I just, I, I took two steps away from him to go talk to somebody else. I turned around, I came back and said, we got this thing. Mm -hmm. And a week later, he was in the band. Um, it's just, it kind of all fell together. It, it wasn't designed, it wasn't created. It just, this person, while they, they were ready for this. That person, they were, everybody was ready to get back into this and do this because everybody was doing something that was just, it was good music. It just wasn't fulfilling that creative urge. And now we got more creativity than we could stand. <laughs> yeah. And I got to say this. I think another thing is too, what I said to Chip, I was like, I want everything to be a five-way partnership in this band where everybody gets a say, you know, we all get paid, you know, all that, everything's together. I was like, uh, a big part of that, too, is I want everybody in this band to have their life together. I don't need one guy that's a flake or one dude that's constantly <laughs> going to be late or this guy's on drugs or I, no, I want people that actually have their shit together. <laughs> that was our biggest focus. And everybody in this band is one. We all care about each other. We're like a family. And you know, uh, I think even if we have our differences at the end of the day, we know we're all shooting for the same thing. And uh, you got to make sacrifices for the people in the band and, and the, the sound. And you got to work hard for each other. And I think we all do that. But that was, I think, my main focus, I think. Right, Chip, that I said? Yeah. I don't, any, everybody's got to have their shit together. Yeah, everybody's got to have their life together. They, they've got to be, they, they, they basically have to be ready for this thing. 
yeah. so so we can focus. You need a reliable car. You need yeah. to be able to buy strings if your equipment's bad. Uh, you need to show up to practice. You need to yeah, be. You gotta, you gotta have. You, you know? gotta have people who practice at home and then come together for rehearsal. Not yeah, show I, up. Well, I gotta learn my part now. It's like no, we're we're past that. We need to be together, and. Yeah. We found that. We found that with everybody here. Yeah, there's no spoon feeding in this act. You got to have your shit together and you got to be prepared and you got to be good. Uh, we ain't sitting there going, doo, 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 doo. and you can't keep your guitar in tune. Go buy another guitar <laughs> and come show up next week. Like it, stuff like that. You come, you have no battery. Like bring a spare battery. I shouldn't have to tell you that. You know, everybody, that stuff didn't really need to get talked about. I think everybody, everybody pretty much knew. Uh, Further conversation with me, I wasn't in the playing games. So, and thank God nobody is, because there's nothing worse than wasting time. Yeah. I was saying there's a lot of dedication to a band, putting all your time and obviously, like you say, being aware of other people's responsibilities, understanding that the time has to work for everybody and understanding that. But at the same time, you know, understand that that other person has music they want to release. They're trying to do that as a band. You're trying to do it collectively. But, you know, your blend, your blend there has been perfect in your band. Um, and you can see it even like when you were talking about before on your video there. Everybody's happy together. You all blend well. You can see you're actually in a comfortable environment because you've made it that way. But that's Yeah, yeah. There's, there's not that. Uh, nobody's really uncomfortable or worries about it when... I don't know. Nobody's got to, like, uh, how would you say, uh, walk on glass. You know, we're going to say what we're going to say. You can, we could agree to disagree, but <laughs> I'm going to say what I want, so I respect you if you say what you want, you know. I don't have yeah. to agree with you, you know. That's I it, we're that's, all having fun. We're having fun, and you can see that. That's what exactly what we like to see, and you can hear it in your music as well. That's, it's just having fun sometimes. People forget that one word, and... You could totally hear it throughout your music, but there's also not just fun that's loosely used, it's all directed in the same way you all want it to go. You see yeah. yeah. Thank you. So as we've gone on um, through music, it used to be very much sending out tapes and using you know local newspapers or trying to get out there with your posters. We have social media now and it's changed a lot for us. How would you feel you have benefited as a band to go through social media now, how it works for us with our links and obviously getting music out there? I mean, it's it's much easier today, obviously. You know, it's one click, you have everything. Um, I mean, YouTube in general, we're, we're big YouTubers, obviously. So... Shit, being able to share that on all platforms or uploading our music to Spotify or putting our videos on YouTube, going live at, at an event, you know, stuff like that. It's, it's one, two, three. There's no waiting anymore. Like you could just share right away. It doesn't, doesn't matter when it happened, why it happened, how it happened. It's going up and everybody's going to see it. Yeah, back in the day, it was a lot of word of mouth. You really had to do a lot of work to find, you know, what what, what groups are playing in the area. Um, you want to find other musicians. There were some networks back there. You had the papers and different things like that. You had to go to your music stores. But there's a lot of legwork. There's a lot of word of mouth. 
And now with social media and the different platforms available and all the sharing options you have, uh, yeah, it's a lot easier to, to, to at least spread it and make it, get it out there. You know, um, in the, in the 80s and even into the 90s, it, it, it's hard, you know, whether it was cassettes or CDs. You know, producing on your own or you're going through with like disc makers or somebody to help you out. Either way, it was a much longer process and uh, harder for people to, to get out there. But now there's also there's just so many of us as in bands, musicians. There's just so many and there's a lot of great stuff. Um, and it's it's hard to take it all in. So how you know it's 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 a two it's double edged. On one hand, we get to put out stuff that would be as far as kind of a permanent fixture in humanity. YouTube and other online digital things are going to be there as long as humanity lasts. Um, and so we're leaving stuff behind that way too. You know, like like Steve said, if you know we you know unless things change and we're all of a sudden making music making money off of our music and 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 we're a working band if that never happens we're still leaving something in the digital space as well as just leaving stuff behind that we created yeah yes and, and, and to piggyback off what pete's saying i mean to get some people to come and see a play a gig you know, sometimes it's difficult. People work on a Friday, you go on 11 o'clock, they're like, dude, I can't get there and do that. Or you, know, you got to pay to park, you got to pay to get in, you got to sit through three bands to get there. But, but they will watch your video <laughs> and they will buy a shirt if you bring it in the work, for instance, you know. Mm -hmm. So I think it's it's much easier to go, oh, yeah, I have an original band. Go on YouTube, hit in Seems Like Tuesday, and boom, we pop up. And they're like, wow, really? I'm like, yeah. It's easier to sell that than to get somebody to – it's easier to sell that, make somebody a believer that way because they're seeing what – you know, they're listening with their eyes, so to speak, with the video um, than it is to try to get somebody to go out on a Friday night when you go on at midnight. It, it's, it's easier to sell a video. It really is. So you can get people nowadays to buy into what you're doing because everything's on their phone. Like a swipe left or swipe right and get to you. Asking somebody to drive 30 minutes in the pouring rain or in the snow and pay to park and come in and buy, buy a beer for eight bucks. You might not want to do that. <laughs> right? I mean. Yeah, it is. It, it, it does. Social media makes it much easier for you to get to a lot more people if they can find you because there is so much. And, and then there's the dark side where you're sitting there surfing through trying to watch as many bands as you can and you come across a 13-year-old that plays things that human beings can't play. Yeah. And it's just, away. Yeah. why am I still doing this? I quit. Yeah. <laughs> some, some kid in Scandinavia is like, woo, woo, woo. <laughs> his, his hands ain't even big enough to go around the neck and he's flying. You know, mm -hmm. you're like, Five-year-old girl playing John Bonham better than John Bonham ever. Yeah. yeah, that, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, you do see that. Mm. <laughs> but as you do go through social media, like you say, you can give out bios on your band, you can get out your songs, your merch links. It, it does work well. Um, you're getting out your music in further places. 
but sometimes you know people do worry about the numbers but you never know who's watching you never know where it's going to link obviously you put your shows all over facebook so people are seeing you where you've been before and think actually that's something i would have enjoyed so collectively as time goes on you're always going to carry on getting new people wherever you go but collectively working together to do that it will come along and like you say you're already getting quite a few people now enjoying it and that's exactly what you want you've got your own videos now as well you're seeing that all over social media must be brilliant you don't have to wait for, wait for someone to televise it it's right there for you to see and we've seen the build-up of how to make it as well you showed us you know sneak peeks of what we could see there of going through and making it and that's great that people could see that process so social media is helping in certain ways um, you were talking about your shows before. Um, where exactly do you feel you go when you're in front of an audience? Where is your mind whilst you're there? That's an interesting question. Yeah, it is. I thought I'd hit you with that one. I've never gotten that one before. Wow. That's really good. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I think my, my mind goes into the audience. Yeah, I'm I'm playing off of them. I I'm watching what they're doing and thinking. You know, what are you feeling when you're hearing this? And it, I, I kind of go there. I kind of go into that. And I also draw into everybody else in the band and try and see how tightly we can do this live. We know how tightly we can do it in the studio. How tightly can we do this right now when all these distractions are going off around us? Uh, so it, it, it's, it's a real interesting thing. That, man, that's a great question. Yeah. Best yeah. question ever. <laughs> I think it has a lot to do with, um, like, the environment you're playing in, too. Like, if you're an outside gig and, you know, you're worrying about it's going to rain or is a bird going to shit on you or, you know, <laughs> crazy things like that. Is it really hot? I can't breathe, you know. Um, and then when you're in an inside gig, you have your, your stuff there. Sometimes you're playing flat. You don't have a, a riser. So just literally you're singing and somebody's, like, right here. Or they grab the tambourine and they start playing it while you're playing the song and they're completely <laughs> off time. Like there's all them little distractions that you're fighting against, I guess. Um, um, but I think the biggest thing is that, uh, I mean, I feel individually and I try to, as the tip and I are the back line, kind of pushing the band a little bit. I kind of want to just execute our craft, play as tight as possible, but yet have feel and make somebody believe in what we're doing. Those are the, the, the trademarks that I think that I try to, to, to yeah. you know, make the, make the arrow hit the, uh, the target. That's where, that's where I'm going. I, w I want you to, I want to make you a, I want to make you a believer in what we're doing. So I guess it's, uh, it's almost like what a magician does. He's kind of putting it over here, but he's showing you. That's kind of what I'm, I'm trying to draw you in somehow. You know, that's, that's where I'm headed. Sure. I was a uh, I was always a front man, always, in most of the bands I've been in. So now I play guitar and sing. Usually I come from the perspective of, what would David Lee Roth do right now? <laughs> <laughs> what would Tyler do right now? That would, that used to be my mindset. Now it's like more like, what would Keith Richards do right now? Yeah, you know, it's a it, it, it's a cool transition to. To have a Les Paul strapped to you, uh, you know, feel your bandmate. Uh, I love playing live. 
Live for it. Yeah, I, I, I feel the same way as Billy. Uh, really loving it. Um, I, I'm not so much like Chip, who's watching the audience as much as I'm. I am just trying to lay out as much energy and sweat as I can into a performance. And but, but to also be like what Chip said, play well. We need to execute. We can't be jumping around like idiots and then not play well because we value our musicianship and what people are going to think about us as we play. We all do. I mean, nobody's said that out loud, but that's the truth is we want to be respected by our peers. And that's why we make sure that we're a tight band. But performing live, it's sort of like I go into a different mode. I'm not I'm not this guy here. When I put the guitar on and we step on a stage, I, it's just time to let loose and just, you know, be fun and, and try to entertain and, and yes, just not, you know, not, not be boring and, and also, you know, play at a high level. Yeah. We he all jumps, do become. He jumps around else. a lot. Yeah. We do become somebody else when we're on stage. That is a fact. And everybody has that that musician inside that that when they step on stage now i am this person 45 minutes from now when we're done i'll become me again but for that little bit of time i'm i'm a rock star and then then i go home and i'm a dad and I'm, i i work for the county and i'm just yeah. a guy you wake up to the alarm clock and you're very humbled. You yell at the kids and you're back to yeah. being a person again. I get that yeah. said like um, Eric and I are in a cover band also. So we do like 100 gigs a year with that and then we, we play with this. So we're playing a lot and you'll get people come up. Oh, yeah, you're you're, you're really good. I'm like, you know, thanks, man. It means a lot. You know, I'm stuck behind a drum. Sometimes I have that shield in front of me in the cover band. You can't even see me, you know. So if they come out of their way, I always give people time. And, and they're like, oh, you know, that's great, man. It must be awesome to be able to do that. I'm like, dude, I still got to get up and go to work tomorrow. Like, I'm humbled about this, man. I'm glad you like the stuff, but... I'm going to go pee right next to you in the bathroom. It's no, it's no, I don't have my head in the clouds, that's for sure. You know, my cable still comes. My, my my cable bill comes, and I'm still bitching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh shit. Three hundred and thirty dollars for a while. Oh, yeah. Our cable bill is three thirty right now. Yeah. <laughs> is that insane? Oh, to search for something to watch every night, it's nuts. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that was a fresh topic in our lives. I just figured I'd spew our personal. <laughs> it's a stress. <laughs> Erica, what do you? Th- what do you? Where do you go? When we're on stage. So, this is going to. She goes to the front of the stage. This is going to sound so deep. (laughs) All my troubles go away. Like I have no, I don't think of anything. I I could be fighting with my daughter about something so stupid on the way there, or fighting with him, and I, nothing bothers me at that time. I am just in my lane, my zone. Cloud nine. It's your happy place. I would yeah. agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it it, is. it it's really all, is all my press release. It comes. Yeah, that's what it comes down to. She yeah. described it best. It's our happy place. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, everybody always finds it a release, but like you said, in a happy place. It's yes. about knowing where that is as well and getting there and being in that zone and 
also trying to feel that audience back so you're not too zoned in your zone. Obviously, you want a lot of you feel that way as well with the audience. They feel that magic. They want to take it home. And I know you said, you know, your head <laughs> isn't in the clouds. I am a fan of many people. And if, like I can imagine just being there, listening to people, and then just be all over the mic garage. You might be working tomorrow, but I needed that this week. So yeah. stay humble in that. You know, people yeah. need that. And they envisage that's exactly how they'd want to sing or feel on stage. So, you know, I take it all. But no, it's definitely great when you can bring that ambition. So you've talked about um, a few things that you have got coming up and that you've been trying to get together and work as a band. What have we got to look forward to? What's coming up in the next few months for you? <laughs> you want me to do it? Yeah. Bob, we, we obviously we obviously have a lot of shows coming up. Um, you know, we're booked through October. Well, some festivals, some local bars, stuff like that. But um, you know, we're looking to add more and kind of expand our footprint, if you will. We actually just partnered with a, a label to help with that, you know, um, promotion, trying to get us in different markets. So that's within the next couple months, we should have a better idea of what is to come from that partnership. Yeah, we also have a, a song. They're releasing um, probably the song you're we're going to segue into here, a beautiful day for a broken heart. They're releasing that on July 13th. So Thursday. It's Thursday. Um, uh, they're called Big Records. They're out of Canada. Um, and they're going to be basically trying to shoot us out of their canon and publicity and stuff. Um, and we're going to see how that goes. But we signed with them for a little while to see, um, you know, if we can get into some bigger and better things. Uh, so that's what's happening with that. And we just put out our third song called Lies and Alibis, which we discussed. Uh, that has a video out. Um, and then we're working on our next single, which is our fourth song of our conceptual EP. And that's on <laughs> September Skies. And that uh, has Billy singing that song. And that should be out by September. We're actually finishing up some vocals and stuff on that now. So there are a couple things that are happening. We got some gigs. We got the release with big records. We just released Lies and Alibis. And then September Skies is coming out in September. And then we're probably looking to put an EP out probably a little closer to Christmas. Maybe we'll do it at Christmas for like a Christmas gift or something. But that's where we're heading with that. So a couple couple things. You know, we, we try to pattern everything we do and uh, put everything in, you know, uh, all our uh, crayons in every box that we put out, you know, whether it be a video or the, the, a song or anything, we try to give uh, everything its um, uh, justice, I guess you could say. You've definitely got a busy schedule that is completely full till Christmas by the sounds of things. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> we have goals, we set goals, and we, we, we do what we got to do to get them you know them accomplished so we just don't kind of sit around and wait for stuff to come to us life don't come to you you got to go get it so we definitely work hard and set goals and try to knock down every barrier you know you take a step forward two steps happen you go back you take three steps forward so we're used to that just from 
be a life. Music is no different. Okay. But right on. you know, we keep on fighting. We don't give up. Or we still wouldn't all be doing this, that's for sure. You know, I, I, I can easily Christmas, it's coming. <laughs> I say that? it's close to Christmas, but it's certainly coming those months past. Yeah, well you know what? Before you know it, you'll be buying Christmas gifts. You know, I mean time flies, you know. It really does. Not looking forward to that one. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of money. Never, never. Remember, I said we have five kids. That's a lot of money to be spending, you know. And now a gift's like, can I have a computer for eight hundred dollars? You're like, oh yeah, sure. You know, no problem. That's just one kid. Okay, what do you want? Well, she got an eight hundred dollar gift, so I want it. I'm sure we'll spend ten thousand dollars on Christmas this year. <laughs> and if I'm gonna match it. <laughs> Yes. You get a red one. I can't get another red one. Well, I don't want that then. No, you know what? Yeah. Unsatisfiable this generation. So we are going to go and take a look at your next song. Um, we will let Steve introduce it because he's already touched on it for us. So away you go, Steve. You can introduce your song. Okay. This is a song called Beautiful Day for a Broken Heart. It's kind of one of them things. It's like, well, how can you have a beautiful day if you have a broken heart? But it's actually about the person singing the song, which would be Erica, wanting to get out of a relationship. She wants to leave, but she doesn't have the uh, the tools, I guess, to get out mentally or maybe financially just to leave that away and get away from it. Um, so the guy in the in the, the relationship winds up breaking up with her, which is great because she wants to get out of it anyway. So he did her a favor, basically. It's pretty much what it's about in so many words. So that's where you get, it's a beautiful day for a broken heart. Well, how can you have a beautiful day if you have a broken heart? Because she wanted to get out. And I was looking for a heartbreak. Right. This all ties in with the conceptual part of the EP. I was waiting for him to say that. Yeah. But this, that's, that's the way the, the, the concept of the EP goes. She was looking for a heartbreak and then she, she found that it was great that she got out and then all the lies and the alibis and the bullshit that went on the relationship comes out. And then at the end, which is September skies, the guy looks back and realizes he messed up everything. And that's the concept of the, the basic EP. So this is the second song off the EP that's coming up. Beautiful day for a broken heart. Let's go.
so we just heard beautiful day for a broken heart um we are going to go straight into our question now which is our nix's question um melanie nix came up with this question and it's our most famous question because we always like to look back on our lives and see how things began so the question i'm going to give you is what advice would you give to your younger self as a musician wow for, <laughs> Go ahead, Bill. i have i have one regret uh learn the piano real that that's my real that's i have one regret that i never really learn piano I, I can mess around with it but to be able to to play the piano write songs on a piano would would have would have just meant like open my mind like to the nth degree and that that's that's my one regret uh that's what i tell my younger self learn the piano it's never too late to learn mm -hmm. yeah, that's true you could do it on your downtime coming up. True. Get your little keyboard. You can borrow mine. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, I, I would say, and Chip, I'm just going to cut in front of you because it's on my mind, and if I don't say it, I'm never going to say it. So, again, I'm a woman. I'm deep. I apologize. But I think having more balls and more confidence walking into a room full of men at an Atlantic record showcase. I've done five in my lifetime and I always walked in intimidated. And I don't know why, but I feel like if I walked in and it probably cause you know, Britney Spears was at that time and Christina Aguilera, I'm like, oh, you know, I don't look like that. Like, you know, whatever the case may be. But I feel as though I may have had a little bit more of an opportunity if I did that. Okay. Should I, I would uh, say um, I would be open to be more open to like networking. Like I've always been, it's always been hard for me to just say like, okay, I'm going to network with people just because you want to network, not because there's a friendship necessarily. You know what I mean? Like, but it, Treating music more as a business, younger, probably would have helped me a lot. Um, you know, whether it was like, you know, I can remember a local musician um, who I really admired as a guitar player. Um, and they, they actually got onto the, the national, semi-national scene later. But like while they were in a club band playing the same bars we were, guys like, yeah, you know, we should switch numbers and, you know, get, you know, just, you know, get together. So, and I'm thinking, oh, that, you know, he's probably just being nice because I'm this heavy metal guitar player and he's just this awesome, stylish, killer guitar player. And I'm like, I didn't, I didn't have enough of my own confidence and self-worth when other people thought highly of me. And, and I didn't make that work for me. What, so do, you think, always, you know, what do you always say? Tell Pete what you always say. See know. others. See yourself as you others should, you see you. You should see yourself as others see you, not yeah. how you see yourself. So you having, you know, I think for my younger self, I would have said to understand that you've got something and you, you know, go with it, 
don't shy away from yeah. any of that other stuff. You know, you know, you, you, you are worthy, you know, just, and then going forward with that confidence, like now as an older person, I could play in front of or with anybody. I don't care. I don't mean, I can never, I, I've never wanted that or felt the need that I had to be the best guitar player. To me, that's just, it's a ridiculous goal, you know? Um, and so I've never had that worry, but, but as I got older, it's like, you know, I realized it's like, you know, you have stuff to bring to the table. You've got your own style, you've got your own things and, and you can play with anybody in any situation and just being and it was similar to what Erica just said about, you know, back then, you know, okay, yeah, there was the Britney Spears, maybe I wasn't this, but but now she knows. I'm just going to walk in and, and give you what I got because I, I've got it, you know. you got something else, i got something, he's got something else, and she's yeah. got something else. It's like you got to, you know, step forward and own it. Yep. You know, so if I was younger, I would own it more and just be more confident in, in my own worth. I'm going to kind of piggyback on what Pete just said because that that that's kind of what I think. Don't don't tie yourself into a small little knot. Don't don't be this little tiny genre of music. Hear everything, listen to everything, play everything, play with everybody. Do everything you can. Learn how to play every instrument you can get your hands on. Uh, it, you can never know it all. Um, somebody once asked BB uh, King um, why he, you know, why he practices so much, and his response was, "Well, someday I hope to be good." <laughs> you know, and this is when he's seventy years old, and it's it's learn, learn, learn. Don't ever stop learning different kinds of music. Don't ever shy away from somebody else's music um if you say this is my stuff this is what i want to do then that's all you're ever going to be be everybody's music and eventually you'll find your spot um i'm next uh, I, that's a very very difficult question i think because like a lot of it well not just musically but through life you learn from your mistakes as much as you learn from doing the right thing. Um, you can't put a price tag on wisdom. And I think um, the reason I, I think I have my mindset with this band or in my life or in my marriage or as a father to my kids is all because of the stuff I've seen and learning what not to do, as I said before, is as important as learning what to do. Um, so I, I don't have any regrets. I just wish I had more time to, uh, to live. I, I think, you know, when you're younger, it's, it's like a race against time. When you're 18, you want to be 19. When you're 19, you want to be 21. You can't wait to go to a bar. And, or you can't wait to get your license. And then you, you hurry up through your youth, and some of it just blows by you. And then when you become older and you have a house and you got a car note and you're responsible for children and you got to go mow your lawn, you got to do all these other things. It's like, wow, those times I should have just been like totally slowing down and 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 um, enjoying the fruits of my youth where I was just trying to be older all the time. And now that I am older, I want to go backwards. Isn't that 
pretty much. Now you want time to slow down. <laughs> so I would tell my my younger self, slow down, dude. You got a you got a long way to go, and you'll be able to get to where you got to go. You, you know, you, you you can't mess with time. So it, you're going to get there eventually. Just enjoy this right now, whatever it was, a hockey game, a movie, anything. Um, so I, I think that that's the biggest thing I would tell myself just to, uh, I guess, slow down at a younger age. And now I'm now where I need to be fast. I feel like I'm slow, but I'm trying to go fast. <laughs> so when I when I could when I, when I was younger and I could go fast, I should have slowed down. Now that I'm slowing down, I want to go fast. You know, I, life's going fast. So it's, 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 it's the opposite, I guess. Because, you know, when you start to get a little older, you're like, oh, I got to get all this in before, you know, while I'm still here. So it's I think that's a, I think that's a great idea for a song, brother. There you go, dude. <laughs> Time waits for no, yeah, here's the title. Time waits for no one. <laughs> go ahead, write that one. Time waits, Time for, waits for no one. That's you, you never know. Well, the, th- the thing to remember is you never know when the last time you're going to play is. So always play every time like it's your last time. Yeah. The same yeah, good you- advice. Yeah. Yeah, I got real deep, but that was a really good question. <laughs> <laughs> we got out of being a band and we were just talking about life. So that's yeah. what Now we're philosophers. I wish I would have got more Jimmys. <laughs> <laughs> but no it's like there's no answer that's wrong everybody's answer is is their answer it's the environment that you've you've brought up in it's places that you've been to you might not have maybe got an extension of what you wanted at that area then you've gone off in a different level because you had a different path hit you in the face and then before yeah. you know it you look back and wow, how did that go so fast? So all of your advice there, and for yourselves mainly, is perfect, but it always goes out to other people as well. People will always take that advice. And like you were saying, grab grab the balls and just go for it, because a lot of people really just pull themselves back. And I've had the same thing I needed to really push, but once you're the other side of that barrier, it's a totally different world looking in. It's not a confidence that people believe it is. They, some people think it's, you know, you feel this new extra person in you and you have to live up to it every day. It's not, it's that release. So yeah. it's great to see your advice and understand that, you know, just going for it sometimes and enjoying what you're doing is, is the main advice out there because it, it's gotta be fun to you and enjoyable to you or you won't be in the right place. Absolutely. Yeah, it's kind of like you just got to let yourself be with, you got to let it, you're just yourself open up without being reckless at the same time. We can't make stupid decisions. You still got to think before you do. But like when you know it's just a confidence thing about getting you over to that level, take the step because if you don't believe in yourself, nobody will. You know, that's part of the playing music too. I, I, I think I try to play with the idea of like, I want you to believe in, like I said before, I want you to believe in what I'm doing. Like, I really believe that this is the right beat for this song, and I'm going to try to sell that to you. You know, that sort of uh, mentality. I think. And if I'm out there dancing to it, not thinking about that beat, you hit it right on the net, right on the head. Pretty much. And you do dance to my beats, dude. So. <laughs> I, I'm not much of a dancer, bro. <laughs> 
I've seen the shuffle. I've seen the shuffle before. No, I, I mean I can. I, I I know how it's done, but I'm not yeah. much of a. <laughs> but that's why that's why I'm a, that's why I play a rhythmic instrument because I can't dance. Yeah. <laughs> right. We have a job to do. Right. Yeah. I can't yeah. dance, but I'll make you dance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. So we have got you. We were talking about social media before. Where can we find you on social media? Where are your links, your merch? Where can we get hold of that? So we are on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Um, just type in Seems Like Tuesday. Um, and we also have our site on Big Records, which eventually at some point coming soon BigRecords.world. Yes, BigRecords.world will actually have um, some merch available up there on that website. And we're on YouTube. Yes. Oh, and YouTube. How can I forget YouTube? Go on YouTube, type things like Tuesday. We're the only thing that comes up. Yes. So like us, follow us, share, please. Yes. Yeah. Enjoy it. Pass it on. You have to follow these guys. No, there's plenty, like you say, dancing there, Pete. It has to be done to your music. It's not one you can stand still to. It's got rhythm. Thank you. You need to. (laughs) I I know on our little chat off, we've, you know, even for my family, we've enjoyed it. We have the same feeling. Thank you. But no, I'd like to say thank you to you all for coming today and speaking to us. Um, It's been great to find out all of your stories as well as the journeys you've all been on but that extra help that you're giving out there to people the advice that's been given through the interview today has been really good it's exactly what we need for new and -and up-and-coming artists or people who are trying to get through that block they might be going through so uh, thank you very much for that and coming today thank thank you you. you're welcome and thank you for having us on yeah thank you for Thank you, guys. So it's the same for us. You can find us on Facebook, Spotify, YouTube, and Insta, and there's plenty more as well. But, yeah, make sure you follow up, and we will see you soon. Thank you, everybody, from Nix's podcast today, Angel of the Stars. And we've met Seems Like Tuesday today. Thank you, guys. Thank Thank you. you. Thanks, Thanks. See you soon.